Good morning, afternoon, evening, everybody, and welcome to our podcast series, Global LPG Conversations, in which we explore developments and key drivers in global LPG markets. This episode explores recent developments in US LPG production and winter exports and what that means for end markets, particularly in Asia. And today, um, I'm David Afton. Argus is a business development executive based in Singapore. I'm joined by Amy Strahan. She is our editor for Argus NGL America's report. Hi, Amy. How are you today? Hey, good evening. Um, so, Amy, we've seen um, a lot of news out of the US. We've got a new Biden administration, which has recently ordered a pause on oil and gas leasing in federal land. And um, first question for you is, what does that mean for supplies of US LPG? Um, well, US producers, of course, very concerned, uh, although a lot of the Permian production in West Texas is on private land and that won't be affected by a pause on federal leasing. Um, in states like New Mexico and Wyoming and North Dakota, um, the impact of a ban on federal leasing, if it continues, uh, of course, is going to be more pronounced. Um, most of the impact we're going to see from that will be offshore drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, Gulf of Mexico accounted for about uh, 1.7 million barrels per day in crude production at the end of 2020. Uh, the administration has also ordered a, a climate, climate impact review on new infrastructure projects, uh, which is likely going to make it more difficult going forward to get permits to build new pipelines. Uh, but at least for onshore uh, US LPG production, uh, we're not, not going to see any immediate impacts, um, as this is, of course, pertaining to new leases. Okay, understood. And then just moving to the more general investment environment, US companies announced major cuts to CapEx earlier in 2020 amid the, the COVID crisis. But we've seen a rebound in crude prices following uh, production cuts. What are you hearing about the outlook for all important U.S. production going forward? Well, we're, we're currently in the middle of earnings season. Uh, and so far, producers are suggesting uh, either a flat or modest increase to production in the coming year uh, as we have uh, earlier drilled and completed wells uh, being brought online. Uh, but Chevron mentioned in its fourth quarter call it expects its share of production out of the Permian Basin to be uh, relatively steady this upcoming year. Uh, and ExxonMobil reported it actually expects growth in 2021 production out of the Permian. Uh, we've yet to hear updates from some of the large producers in the Marcellus Shale and the Midcontinent. Um, Kinder Morgan did note that a little bit lower gas throughput on its lines uh, out of the Rockies in the fourth quarter. Um, but, but it's really important to note that, especially this past year, U.S. LPG production has been very resilient. Um, we saw some declines in propane production earlier this year. Um, U.S. propane production from gas processing fell by about uh, 7.1 million barrels uh, between March and May of 2020. But um, data from the Energy Information Administration shows since that time, uh, the fuel propane production has actually recovered to pre-COVID levels. Uh, we had over 51 million barrels uh, produced from ga uh, gas fields in November. Uh, that equates about uh, 4.1 million tons. Um, still, U.S. propane inventories are, are presently well below year-ago levels. Indeed, yeah. And you mentioned U.S. inventories being um, somewhat tighter than they have been in, in previous years. And we've seen a lot of heating demand out here in Asia, China, Korea, Japan, and then also in Europe. And in fact, in the U.S. as well, it's been a pretty um, heavy winter, I think, compared to, to an average one. So um, I guess one of the things that resulted from that is that delivered propane prices on the benchmark into Asia, our August Far East Index, opened 21 at almost $700 per tonne. Um, and that was the highest since November 2014. And that was really 
partly a result of delays through the Panama Canal, which created a lot of uncertainty for availability of both LNG and LPG. And I'm, I'm wondering, just looking from the Asia point of view, how has this affected US prices? Yes, we've seen higher prices on, on propane here in the US as well. Um, in late January, the EIA was showing uh, US propane inventories uh, down about 28% from year ago levels. Uh, and in January, we saw prices at Mount Bellevue, Texas, uh, really increasing. Um, balance month propane valued uh, was valued as high as 75% of the value of NYMEX WTI uh, in mid-January. And that's the highest value relative to crude uh, since WTI crashed at the end of April uh, 2020. So, you know, propane prices have eased somewhat since that time. And of course, the U.S. propane markets are uh, pretty backwardated into March and April, as you might expect. Yeah, and then drilling down a bit on the reasons for that, like how much of that tightness appears to be weather-related specifically? Um, well, U.S. propane demand um, seems to be higher this year versus last, but it looks as though exports are really driving uh, much of this tightening supply. In a normal winter scenario, we see uh, propane prices in the mid-continent rise to a premium relative to the Gulf Coast at Mont Bellevue. Uh, but we've seen prices at Conway, Kansas, maintain a fairly steady discount relative to Mont Bellevue during much of this heating season. It's only actually very recently that Conway propane is starting to garner a small premium relative to Mont Bellevue. Um, the U.S. National Weather Service is actually forecasting below average temperatures for much of the U.S. mid-continent uh, during February. So it's likely uh, we're going to see some mid-continent inventories tighten further. Um, it's interesting to note uh, the EIA's weekly estimates on domestic propane consumption uh, were showing that we were consuming on average 1.7 million barrels per day uh, during December and January, uh, which is up from about 1.4 million barrels per day on average uh, during the same period last year. Um, so we're consuming more versus last winter, um, but it really seems to be exports uh, driving the drawdown in U.S. stocks, um, especially if you compare, you know, pad three inventories uh, versus last year. Right. And then just on those exports, um, what, what are we talking about here in terms of the, the volumes and developments on that side that you're, you're seeing over the recent couple of months? Sure, sure. Um, well, the EIA's weekly export estimates uh, show we're, we're moving as much as 1.6 million barrels per day of uh, propane at the end of December. Um, recent presentations, uh, Enterprise, which of course operates the largest uh, LPG export terminal in Houston, uh, noted that exports out of its facility that month were very high. Um, we also have additional export capacity out of uh, Energy Transfer's Nederland, Texas export terminal that came on at the end of 2020. And we're getting uh, incremental export capacity added uh, on the U.S. East Coast as well. Um, so we've seen uh, export volumes very, very strong. We did see sort of a slowdown in, in weekly uh, exports at the end of January. Um, this, of course, is due to several days uh, worth of seasonal fog delays uh, here on the Gulf Coast. Right. And then um, with exports steady, we, um, but seeing stronger prices, Mont Bellevue, and actually a bit of a fallback on the Far East Index since that high of almost $700. So we're seeing the arbitrage relative uh, or into Asia um, tighten. Is that correct? Um, yes. Uh, actually, Mont Bellevue prices in January rose so quickly, we uh, narrowed the ARB to the point where we began hearing uh, estimates that as many as 10 February loading cargoes out of the U.S., uh, would either be deferred or cancelled, um, given the long shipping de delays for the Panama Canal uh, and the, the severely backwardated market in Asia. Um, already in March, we were starting to hear of uh, possible cancellations or deferrals. 
So it seems like uh, prices may take care of the uh, tightening inventory situation here in the U.S. Um, and of course, when we're talking about canceled cargoes, there are still many that will go on a term basis. Um, this narrower arbitrage just sort of depresses prices uh, for or eliminates um, any kind of incremental spot cargoes that might otherwise have been sold. It, it, it's interesting to point out, while U.S. stocks appear to be lower relative to last year, um, here in the U.S., uh, logistical constraints in, in Western Canada have actually left that region uh, pretty oversupplied this winter. Um, railed Edmonton propane is selling at a, a more than 20 cent discount uh, to Conway, Kansas, even in the middle of the heating season. And we're seeing the latest inventory data for Western Canada uh, showing its January propane uh, inventories uh, over 7 million barrels, um, which was uh, more than twice the levels reported a year ago. Um, of course, we do have steady exports out of Western Canada into Asia from the Ridley Island Propane Export Terminal, uh, terminal and out of Ferndale, Washington. Um, but those terminals usually only ship a couple of VLGCs per month. And so um, there's sort of a, a glut uh, of, uh, of LPG in Western Canada presently. Right. It's very interesting you mentioned that because uh, from memory, when we did our global LPG webinar, I think it was in October last year, um, our colleague Juan Wolchewski at EIA had mentioned how um, the Canadian inventories would likely come into play. And it turns out that's been uh, completely the case. So, But more generally, I, I'm guessing what we're expecting going into February is a slowdown in U.S. exports. You know, that's what we're hearing so far. Um, but again, you know, term buyers in Asia need these cargoes. They're going to continue to lift. So it shouldn't be a, a severe or a severe drop in U.S. exports. Great. Um, thank you very much, Amy, for your time today. And um, let's catch up again at uh, some point uh, a bit later in the year. Thanks, David.